Now, the Bible teaches us that we have three enemies. How many know we have three enemies? And these three enemies basically trying to destroy your life. They are trying to destroy your life. They're trying to destroy your family. They're trying to destroy your life. They want to try and stop you from being rooted and really keep you away from your purpose. And ultimately, their aim is to steal your soul. And Bible calls these three enemies the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, enemy number one, the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says this. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And then it says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So there is a fight going on inside of you. And then it says, so you are not free to carry out the good intentions you want to do. How many agree we all have those uh, fights within us? Um, you want to do good things, but there is a battle going on inside of you. And, and, and they're constantly at war with each other. Obviously, the sinful nature and we've got the spirit. Enemy number two, the world. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, you, you adulteress, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Enemy of who? Enemy of who? Friendship with the world makes us an enemy of God. You see, friendship with the world means going along basically with whatever is happening out there that goes against the Word of God. Anything that goes against the Word of God, and you just go along with whatever is happening, and you're just in agreement with what's happening. That means you're taking on friendship with the world, and that makes you an enemy of God. Enemy number three, the devil. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Why do we need to stay alert? Because the devil wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. And that's exactly what he wants to do. And we need to stay alert. And you see, we have these three enemies and they basically... Uh, they were working together. They, they're working together and they're just trying to kill you. They want to destroy your life. And I feel like we want to, uh, we're starting a new series called uh, Your Three, uh, Coming Against Your Three Spiritual Enemies. And I already know you can never win a battle if you don't know who your enemy is. You can never win a battle if you don't know who your enemy is. If you, um, if you don't win the battle, you go through life defeated. And sadly, there are a lot of Christians who go through life just defeated. 
But I want to tell you this morning that God has given you everything you need to win and live a life in victory. But sadly, none of the, a lot of Christians don't really access that. And as a result, they live in this defeated life. Now, when you think about these three enemies, most people really think that their biggest enemy is Satan. I want to tell you that's, that's definitely not the case. Do you, know, um, do you know who is your biggest enemy? That's right. Yourself. You see, we are our own biggest enemy. Last time I shared, um, you know, when you become a believer, you have two natures within you. You have your old nature and you have your new nature. And they're constantly at war with each other. And a lot of times, as a result, if you don't control your old nature, you'll continue living this defeated life. And that's not what God wants for us. Can we be honest this morning? We all know that there are, good, there are things that we can do that can really help us in life. But we don't do them. There are so many things we can do. We want to do them, but we just don't end up doing them. And I love the Bible because it's so honest about this, situa- this, this, this issue. Um, I want to uh, read from Romans chapter 7. Um, I love this testimony of the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul gives us this wonderful testimony about his struggle. And he says this. I'll read from uh, Romans 7, chapter 7, verse 14 to 25. And it says this. So the trouble is not with the law. For it is spiritual and is good. The trouble is with who? With who? Yeah, the trouble is with me for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I want to do, what, what I'm doing is wrong... This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. How many has been there? I don't want to do what is wrong. But I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. This is very powerful. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. Listen, your mind. There's some things happening in your mind. There's a war happening in your mind, the battlefield of mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. And then verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Don't you love the honesty? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. 
Verse 25, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am slave to sin. Can we be honest this morning? Can we all agree that we can really relate with the Apostle Paul this morning? We all want to do good things, right? We all want to, we know, we know what the right thing is, but we keep doing the wrong thing. You know what? I, I know that I can be more successful in life if I read more books, if I exercise more, <laughs> I can live a healthier life, right? If I eat healthier food, I can, I can, I can it, it, but I don't do it. I don't do it. I do the opposite. I know what is right for me, but I keep doing the wrong thing. You see, knowing is not good enough. Knowing is not the answer. It's actually doing the right thing that matters. You see, the battle is inside of us. And we often do what is easy, right? You see, life is about choices. Life is about choices. And I love that because God didn't create us as, a, as robots. He created us and he gave us choices. He said, now I tell you what's right for you and I tell you what's wrong for you. Now you make a decision. You choose what's, what you want to do with your life. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. Now you choose. You see, most of our unhappiness is because you listen to you rather than to God. Because there's a battle happening up here. <laughs> there's some voices that are going on and we keep listening to the wrong voice. You see, we all have thoughts that not, are not necessarily from God. And we need to make sure that we know that what we're hearing is actually from God. So we want to, today we want to look at how we can have a, a, a victory, how we can have victory over flesh. But in order to win, you need to know what weapons there are, right? I was thinking about it. Do you remember uh, the war against terror? Remember they were talking about uh, discovering the weapons of mass destruction? Remember that? <laughs> I won't go too much into it because I'm Middle Eastern. I don't want to cause any issues. But what we want to do today, we want to discover the weapons of self-destruction. Weapons of self-destruction. Because that's really what's happening. In a lot of Christians' life, there are things that are uh, destroying us. If you're taking notes, first weapon of self-destruction is uncontrolled thoughts. If you don't learn to control your thoughts, I want to tell you. Your thoughts will ruin your life. That's what the Bible says. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, be careful what you think. Why? Because your, your thoughts, what, 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 what does your thoughts do? Your thoughts run your life. So what we want to do is we want to be careful what we think. Because if you're not careful... Your thoughts will run your life. Second weapon of self-destruction is unforgiveness. Oh, that's such a big one, right? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison. It doesn't even do anything to the other person. The person that's getting really poisoned is you. And 
as a result of unforgiveness, we open doors to so many things. I don't wanna, there's so many things, but I'm going to list three of them, okay? Three of them. Unforgiveness shows we don't really love Jesus. That's one of the first and most important things. Because in John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, this is my commandment. This is what Jesus said. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. You see, true love doesn't hold bitterness. True love doesn't hold unforgiveness against others. You see, unforgiveness also can block God from answering your prayers. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24 to 25, it says this, I tell you, you can pray for anything, anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. It will be yours. And then in verse 25, but when you're praying, First what? First what? Anyone, forgive anyone who you're holding a grudge against. So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. A lot of times we can go in through life and frustrated, thinking, God, why are you not answering my prayer? Are you holding a grudge against anyone? We need to be careful because unforgiveness can block your prayers. Unforgiveness prevents God from even forgiving our sins. That's the third one. And I want to uh, read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 15. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will forgive, uh, will not forgive your sins. And that kind of makes sense, right? How can I how can I ask God to forgive me when I'm not willing to forgive someone else? Right? And God is saying, you know what? Be careful with this, this weapon of mass self-destruction. It's dangerous. A third weapon of self-destruction is jealousy. Jealousy. Oh, jealousy is horrible. And the Bible says this. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. But jealousy is like a, like a what? Jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. We need to be careful, church. We need to be careful. Fifth weapon of self-destruction is, uh, sorry, uh, fourth weapon of self-destruction is fear. Fear. Fear is a destroyer of happiness. Fear is a destroyer of potential. Fear is a destroyer of God's purposes for your life. Fear will limit God's plan for your life because you're fearful. You're not willing to take the next step. And as a result, you live this defeated life because you allowed fear to take control over your life. Fifth weapon of self-destruction is temptation. Oh, temptation. Temptation is normal, by the way. Everyone has temptation. Even Jesus wasn't exempt from temptation. Even Jesus was tempted. Now, if you don't take control over it, though, it can totally ruin your life. It can destroy marriages. It can destroy 
uh, families. It can destroy your life. Temptation. Sixth weapon of self-destruction is hopelessness. When you start to feel hopeless about anything, it could be anything. It could be, uh, you know, it could be your marriage. If you start feeling hopeless about your marriage, if you start feeling hopeless about your finances, if you start feeling hopeless about anything, about your health, you get a doctor's report. What happens? You start giving up on your, your life. Hopelessness brings uh, an end and it brings discouragement and you end up giving up on, on the thing. Whatever it is that you're hopeless about. If you don't handle it, it will really rob you and, 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 and ruin your life. Seventh weapon of self-destruction is insecurity. Insecurity. If you don't deal with insecurity in your life, it's going to cause you to do some foolish things just because you want to please others. And, and that's a big one. That's a big one. Because when you're insecure about your life, you start wanting to please others rather than please your Heavenly Father. Eighth weapon of self-destruction is bitterness. Very similar to unforgiveness, but it's different. How many know that uh, life is unfair? Life is so, so unfair. You know, we don't all get the same thing. How many agree? And sometimes people can hurt you. People hurt people. People you love can backstab you. And it hurts. And it can easily cause to bitterness. But bitterness is also like a cancer that will eat you alive. And it's a poison that can eat you just from the inside out. You see, bitterness doesn't, doesn't, doesn't hurt others. It's hurting you. That's what bitterness does. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And then it says this, watch out that no poisonous root of what? No poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupting many. Ninth weapon and the last one is, um, is shame. Shame. How many know that, you, you know, you cannot be happy and feel ashamed at the same time. You can not live a happy life and be feeling shame at the same time. Shame brings guilt. It, it, it robs you from happiness. It, it, it's, it, in fact, that's why um, a lot of Christians forget why Jesus came. Jesus came to take away our shame. You see, He took away our shame. He died for all of our sins. I love, I love how Romans um, uh, chapter, uh, Romans 7, verse 24, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, as, as he was giving his testimony, uh, what did he say in 24? Uh, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who, can, 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 if you have a Bible, just make sure you underline, who will free me from this life? 
the answer to your problem is not what, it's who. It's not what, what can save me from this, it's who can save you from this. That is dominated by sin and death. And then later on he goes and says, it's Jesus. You see, your answer is not a, a, a pill. It's not going to some sort of program. It's not a book. It's not a message. It's not your answer to the problem is Jesus and His Spirit inside of you. And I love this because Roman, uh, Romans, you know, Romans 7 is about Apostle Paul telling, you know, giving his testimony about these battles that are going on inside of him. And then in chapter 8, he starts explaining how we can combat that. And that's what we want to go and do that right now. How do we protect ourselves against these weapons of self-destructions? Now, first step of uh, coming against these weapons of self-destructions, if you're taking notes, is remember what Jesus did for you. Daily, you want to remember what Jesus did for you. We're forgetful. We forget things. Daily, you want to remember what Jesus did for you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, straight away, he says, So, now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation means what? That God doesn't judge you for all the things that you have done wrong. Why? Because Jesus took all the judgment on the cross. That Jesus took all our judgments on the cross. He doesn't, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have to judge you because Jesus was judged on your behalf. Jesus paid the penalty. Jesus paid the penalty. He did your time. We all deserve some time, right? But he paid our penalty. He did our time. By the way, what I'm saying only applies if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you're judged by your sin. None of this is applying to if you're not a Christian. But if you're a Christian, you need to remember what Jesus did for you. And then in verse 2, it says that because you belong to him now, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. That leads to what? The second thing I need to remember, because now I'm a believer, I have Jesus and I have a new power in me living now that is greater than my willpower. How many know we have this willpower, right? And we try to do things on our own strength and we always fail. I need to remember now that I have a new power within me that is far, far, far greater than my own willpower. Yeah, you see, before I became a Christian, man, I tried so many things. And you keep failing and failing and failing. But when you realize that you have God's Spirit in you, and He's there, and He wants to help you, then you start not relying on your own strength, but you start relying on His strength in you. See, unfortunately, a lot of Christians are still simply relying on their own willpower to change. And I want to look at this a bit further and we go into more details. But 
Apostle Paul continues with verse 3 and then he says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because the wickedness of our sinful nature. You see, law is good, but it wasn't, it wasn't fixing the problem. So God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son in the body, like the bodies we have, we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, He did this so that the judgment required for the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Don't rely on your own willpower. Rely on the Spirit in you. You see, you see, the law doesn't bring the change. Keeping the Ten Commandments doesn't help you. The only thing that's going to change us is a change in nature. When my nature changes, not from the outside, not when people can see, oh, wow, you're, you're, you're so amazing. You're keeping all these laws. No, from the inside. And I want to tell you, only God can do that. Only God can do that for you. Second step of coming against the weapon of self-destruction is remember to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Now that we know that there is another power in us that is stronger than our willpower, we need to remember that we can come to Him and ask Him for help. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, he continues on and he says, Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. Verse 6. So letting our sinful nature control your mind leads to what? But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many wants life and peace in their life? I know I want some life and peace in my life. Now, there are two kind of mindsets. Now, I, please take notes. And I want you to remind yourself daily. There are two different mindsets. You have the, the, the old mindset, your old nature. And there is the mindset of your new nature, the Holy Spirit. I'll go into that in a bit. And then in verse 7 and 9, it says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law. And it never will. It will never Obey God's law. Verse 8. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never, ever please God. Listen. Satan gives you ideas. Satan gives us ideas. You know what they are? It's called temptation. Satan gives you ideas. They are called temptation. But you know what? Holy Spirit also gives you ideas. You know what, what, what that's called? That's called inspiration. So whenever you feel inspired to do something good, remember that's the Holy Spirit that's telling you to do that thing. 
But whenever you feel tempted and you, you, you can hear that noise in your ear, you know that's the devil trying to get you off track. Satan's voice leads to temptation, but the Holy Spirit voice leads to inspiration. You see, what well, the truth is, if whatever you choose to focus on, what will, that's what happens. <laughs> well, you, you give birth to whatever you choose to focus on. You see, remember, now that you are a believer, you have access to another help. Ask Holy Spirit for help. Third step of coming against the weapons of self-destruction is remember that you have a new ability to say no. You have a new ability to say no. Romans 8 verse 9 and 12 it says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. I need to remind myself daily, now that I'm a believer, I have a new ability to say no and, and, and stand and be firm. You struggling? Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be able to do, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. But you have to ask the Holy Spirit. You see, before I became a Christian, I relied on my willpower. But now, I have a new power within me. The Holy Spirit. And... Now, that new power has given me the ability to say no to sin. Say no to sin. So step one, I remember what Jesus did for me. Then I remind myself to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Then I remind myself that I have a new ability to say no. And fourth step of coming against the weapons of self-destruction is to remember that I am now a child of God. And then in Apostle Paul continues from verse 14 to 16. It says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have now received the Spirit that makes you fearful. Uh, sorry. So you have not received a Spirit that makes you fearful slave. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we can call Him Abba, Father. One of the most intimate ways of calling your Father, your Heavenly Father. Verse 16, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Listen, whenever you are afraid, whenever you are worried Remind yourself, whose child are you? Whose family are you part of? That's right. You are now 
a son of God. You are now a daughter of God. You are now a child of God. Your father is your father is God, the creator and the universe of this world. <laughs> you are now in the family. I mean, you know, family take care of each other. There is a protection in family, right? And I want to tell you. Your family might let you down, but God will never let you down. God will never let you down. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, know that God is there and He can help you. Now, I don't have time to go through this, um, but if you read from verses 19 to 25, the Apostle Paul, what he does now, he starts explaining why we all have so many struggles. Just make sure you read it. Verses from 19 to 25, and he says, you know, we live in a broken world. How many know we live in a broken world? The world is broken. The world has lost its original purpose. How many know there is suffering? There is pain now. And as a result, we're living in this broken world. There is pain. There's bitterness. There's fear. Unforgiveness. Temptation. All these self-destructive weapons that we talked about. Now, how do we deal with this? Fifth step of coming against the weapons of self-destruction is remember that God is good and He is in control. God is good and He is in control. Now listen, pain in your life is not optional. We all face pain. We all go through life sometimes feeling pain. But misery is a choice. You can live in life and be miserable about your pains. We all face pain. Pain, pain. pain is not optional. Misery is. We all go through pain in life. That's called life. Suffering in life is not optional. We lose loved ones. Sometimes we don't understand it. We question things. Suffering is not optional. We all go through it. It's a broken world, remember. However, misery, moaning, bitterness, unforgiveness is all optional. You can choose to be bitter about those things. You can choose to, to, to not forgive and forget about those things. And then in verse 28, Apostle Paul says, and We know that God causes everything, 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 everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to His purpose uh, for them. So God uses everything. 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 Remember, God is for me. And God uses everything. It's not all good. But He's using it for the good for me. It's not all good. But He makes sure that He uses those things that are happening for my good. I might not understand it, but I need to trust Him because He is a good, good Father. And then verse 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? 
I need to remember that God is for me. Even if my situation is not making sense, even if I'm questioning the things that are happening in my life, I need to remember that God is for me. That God is for me. I need to remind myself, even my enemy can't be against me because God is for me. And then in verse 32, it says, Since he did not even spare even his own son, but gave him up for us, won't he also give us everything else? Just think about it. There's nothing in your life, I want to tell you, there's nothing in your life that God doesn't care about. There's nothing in your life that God doesn't care about. The final step of coming against the weapons of self-destruction, so I can't have the worship team getting ready, please, is to remember that God will never stop loving me. God will never, ever stop loving me. I want to tell you, insecurity can really mess up your life. Then verses 38 to 39, Apostle Paul says this, And I'm convinced that nothing, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, church. We, we need to celebrate this. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Can we just stand as we Bring this to an end. You see, there are a lot of things in life that we can lose. But I want to tell you, if you have accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, you will never lose God's love for you. You will never lose God's love for you. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for all, everything, everything that you have done for us. Thank you that there is no condemnation for those that are in you. Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you took away our condemnation. Thank you that you did what the law couldn't do. Thank you that we don't even need to rely on our own righteousness. But your righteousness is what we need in order to go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Holy Spirit, we want to thank you that we no longer need to rely on our own willpower. That we have you now. That we can come to you whenever we're struggling. And we can come to you and ask for help. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for accepting us into your family. Thank you that you have adopted us 
into your family. Thank you for that protection that we have. We want to thank you, Father, for everything you have done for us. We, 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 we don't deserve any of it. You're so merciful. We want to thank you, Father God. We honor you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Listen, as, 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 as I'm praying, I just, uh, I have a question I want to ask you this morning. And my question is, uh, do you belong to Jesus? Have you given your life to Him? Have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? And if you have, everything I've gone through, man, that's, that's for you. Is giving you that ability. You, you can live life in victory. But those things don't apply to you if you have not given your life to Jesus. If you haven't really said yes and accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. Whether you're here in this place or whether you're watching online, I want to give you that opportunity this morning to make a decision. And like I said, life is about choices. You can choose this morning to say yes, or you can choose to continue to live a life that will be a self-destructive life that will only destroy you. And if that's you, if you have made that decision and you say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus, you can pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for giving, forgiving my sins and giving me a new life. Fill me with your Spirit take control over my life it's yours change me transform me make me the kind of person you want me to be in Jesus precious name I pray amen and amen now if you pray this prayer for the first time please come and see us because we want to help you we want to help you with the next step if you're here, just come and see us and we help you with that. If you're online, please click on the link that is in the comment section. It will take us to our website and you can fill in your details and we make sure we contact you and help you with the next step. I want to thank you this morning. I want to hand over back to the worship team.